Last time on Colony Confidential. Let the company run without you. And that's how you know you have something special. And that's the first day I knew I made it is when I was out of town for a month. Two things happened. I was out of town for a month and we set a record month when I wasn't there and I was not on the phone all day, every day. Number one. Number two is when the check came. And I love this story because the check came. And I think I was in, at this time, Hawaii. And the bill was really, really expensive, but I didn't even look at the check presenter. I just put my card in there. And afterwards, I didn't realize that I didn't look until I thought back about it. And I knew at that point, it didn't matter anymore. The money was coming in so great without me having to work while I slept that we'd built something super special. And I think that's important is if you were to leave your business for four weeks and you can't call back home, we're going to Florida. I'm paying for a volcano tours. I'm paying for all the dolphins. You got the alcohol, everything. I'm paying for everything. How does your business look when you get back? That's my question. You said how you did it. The, the biggest question now we get is when. You know, there was a couple of catalyst moments. Number one, 2014, when I found Adam, my COO, my number two, my left hand. He came in and he said, Tommy, let me take some of this stuff off your plate. I know I could do really, really well. And he did. And then 2016, we, we found Service Tight, which is our CRM, which is one of the best CRMs for for. HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and now garage doors, I think, in the world. And then I've had some other catalyst moments. When I met Al Levy, he said, your manuals are garbage. And so he taught us to redo them and live and breathe and read our manuals all day, every day, and make sure everybody knows exactly what needs to be done and understands the process. And when they don't do it the exact same way every single time, point them back to the manual. And live, breathe, and die by these manuals and make sure they're part of a living, breathing organism of your company and when that happens, you're going to get more expected results. And if something's not great, you go in and you add a section and you make sure to fix the problems and you make sure everyone knows about it constantly. So I'd say I got to about 20 million without really great manuals. But the funny thing is I was only keeping five or 6%. When I got manuals, I jumped up to over 30 overnight and started taking 15%. Now we're going to hit darn near 50 and be between 18 and 20% this year. So I became less worried, less anxious, a lot less anxiety, a lot less stress, and a lot more profitable and begin to grow like a hockey stick. And this year it's going to be, 2021 is going to be ridiculously awesome. It's going to be like we're sprinting. And, you know, people never seen a company go from 50 million to 200 million to 500 million to a billion. But we only need 2,000 technicians and 1,000 installers. So we need 3,000 people. So do the math. If I hire 70 people a month, 70 people a month over a year is 840. 840, I get there in less than four years, even with fallout. We've done the math. We know exactly what that happens. And we've got five full-time trainers now and two full-time recruiters and bringing on a third recruiter. We've built the system to get that many people. So now it's just a numbers game. We've got checks and balances. We've got the manuals written. We've got the software to track every single thing. We've got dual cameras in every truck. We've got the car washes going out in every single city. We've got the Google figured out. We've got the marketing campaigns. We've got the, the benefits of why you'd want to work here and how you can make money. So now it's just nail it and scale it like I talked about in the beginning. It sounds like a lot going on. So how much do you sleep a night? <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, it's so funny because I don't consider myself even working. Look at, I'm sitting here with my legs up talking to you guys. I'm whiteboarding all day, every day. I'm working on ideas and I'm finding the right people to take these on and I'm working on delegating them, not dumping it on people with real timelines. 
And I live, breathe, and die by the biggest bottlenecks of the company. And I make sure my invest my time, energy, and focus, focus being the most important because there's only a few hours a day that are going to get 100% of Tommy Mello's true focus without me getting sidetracked. So learning how to find the biggest bottlenecks and focus 100% and get them resolved has been my kind of real passion over the last year of, the, of growth. But I, I don't... I don't have any problems, man. I'm in bed. I go right to sleep. I don't need to be the first one in the shop. The first one gets here at four in the morning. I'm not here now with COVID till 830 because I run my first four meetings from home. And uh, I have meetings every morning. I have the top ones with a few different executives. I have my field supervisor 15-minute meeting. I have my eight, uh, 745 15-minute meeting with the entire Phoenix, Northern Arizona, uh, Boise and New Mexico market. I, I run that one with three other managers. It's 15 minutes. We talk about the success from the previous day, go over all the numbers. And then I have our eight o'clock meeting with every single manager. And we go over what we're going to, what's the one big thing we're going to focus on today and to kind of let everybody know where we're working on. And that's before I even leave the house. So, you know, life is good for me. I, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear and I feel blessed every single day for how much fun I'm having. I have no anxiety. There's bad news that happens and it's bound to happen. I've got people that have gotten hurt and fender benders and, and little things that, that I care truly about, but I tend to focus on the good things and the cups always half full and there's stuff going to happen. We just got to do the best that we can to, uh, to make sure it doesn't happen again. So learning from our mistakes, jumping in head first, being calculated risk takers has done served us well. So yeah, like I said, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> I got a question on, you know, you're hiring people. Do you have, do you have any women that are like techs and installers? Do you, do you... you know, we just brought on the first one. She's not started yet, but they asked me if I had anything against it. I said, I have nothing against it, but it's a brutal job. You're up and down a ladder at 140 degrees if you're in Phoenix. And I just, look, women are as far as I'm concerned, if they're physically able to handle it, and I think this one is, I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I'm all about it. I just, I noticed that women would prefer not to do this role because it's kind of rugged, it's greasy, but I'm all about it. I'm pro women, everything. And, and the more we can get it into our company, the, the better it'll be. And it's definitely not gender specific. I never tried to make it that way. I've just noticed that we haven't got the applicants <laughs> to be. Well, that, that's, you no. Know, I asked that because I, I had uh, two of them, two ladies, and I found out when you put them into like hotels, they had a much better rapport with the housekeeper. They talk about girly things and, and everything just seemed to be on a friendlier basis. Um, they would, you know, we trained them. They were, they were decent exterminators. But when you got into going to private houses, that was a problem and other stuff. But the problem was there wasn't very many. Ooh, a bug. Not too, too many of them wanted the job. You know, I'm all for it, but just haven't seen uh, very many, if, if any, um, applicants. This one was through what her husband works for us. And she said, hey, I think I could be a tech and I, we'd make a lot of money as a dual income because, man, you're doing great. So Brian, the, the, the head of the service department, interviewed her and he said, would you think she could come on? And I said, I just want to make sure there's not going to be a problem with husband and wife. But I said, I'm open to it. Female applicants, we're seeing a lot more in, in pest management, and we're also seeing a lot more women-owned businesses. A few years ago, 
there's HR companies can give you an ad to post online that however they write it, it's supposed to be geared more towards a female applicant. And um, there's, a, there's a thing called PWIPM, Professional Women in Pest Management. That's like an arm of the National Pest Management Association. And they help a lot with that. So if you're looking to hire females, and I think a lot certainly changed um, with my father, but I know what he's talking about where in a, in a residential setting, the homeowner um, sees a, a woman and has preconceived notions and that woman could be your best tech and they just have that quick stereotype i can't believe you sent the woman here and on the flip side we've we've serviced certain um religious organizations that you had to have a female tech on staff for the female residences because of the certain laws in that religion so uh, yeah, I, and I agree with you. When we see an applicant, we are, we have things that we're hiring on, and it's never anything about gender, race, religion, anything. It's always about can you get this job done, and letting them know, like in your your field, are you are you going to be able to go up and down a ladder for eight to ten hours a day in 140 degree weather? And in my field, it's like, you're okay with rats running over your feet and possibly jumping at you, uh, roaches crawling on your neck or whatever it is. But it is a question because there is a push towards diversification on all levels, um, I believe, in all home service industries. Yeah, I'm pro. I'm pro whoever I could get. If you come through here, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Cuban, or Asian. I, I, I think we've done a good job. I, you know, we've got dispatchers, male, female. Larger, smaller, thinner, bigger. It does. We we just care. You come here with a smile, and, and you got an open mind. I don't care if you got experience. We want to train you from from some soup to nuts. And I'm excited. I'm excited to get people in that are like they walk through here and they've got passion. And you just, it's a different type of air. I swear, it feels different when you walk in a business and you could just you just see productivity. And you're like, oh my gosh! I remember walking in a guy's office, Ken Goodrich, and. He's a huge HVAC shop and you could just, you could see everybody busting their butts and just busy and, and production and smiles. And, you know, we've done a good job, I think here, cause I get the same feeling when I walk in and I see, and they're having a huddle, they're, they're talking about inspirational discussions and they're doing role playing and they're talking about technology and easier ways to do things on the tablet. And that's what gets me up every day and keeps me excited and engaged. And, you know, this is, until it stops being as much fun, I don't see, an end in mind anytime soon, but we're always building a company that's sellable. And that's what I think is important is make sure you're profitable. Make sure that uh, a lot of your tax strategy that I play now is getting ready for a sell in the next seven to 10 years. Um, and uh, eventually I know I'm going to pay a lot of taxes, but in the meantime, with accelerated depreciation and some of the laws on doing different co uh, cost segregation studies on your building, all kinds of stuff. We've been able to um, spend the money more wisely to grow the business, uh, which inevitably I'm going to pay Uncle Sam more money in the long run, but let it work for me in the, the next four to five years and then take enough off the table to, uh, to never have to work and for all my family again. And I, I think it's an exciting day when that happens, but also um, I want to team up with the right people to take a second bite at the apple. Uh, most companies my size won't, when you're a platform company, they don't want the owner or any of the managers leaving. They want to team up with you and just tuck in companies underneath you. And you just 
transform them into your systems. Do you have any children? No, no, I don't. That's probably why too. I'm, I'm 37. I've got a living girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. I definitely want kids, but uh, never been married, no kids. And um, I've got a niece and two nephews in Milwaukee and they're the most amazing part of my life. They're, they're amazing kids, but um, kids are in the future. I just, I will say it would have been a lot tougher because uh, <laughs> uh, I would have had to have been a dad. So I, I agree with you there a hundred percent. I just asked those questions to everybody we interview because you know you, you, you look to see like the, the next generation take over the business and and you see how they, they grow it and yeah, yeah like I said you know it's it's interesting just to see the dynamic here Adam's got two baby girls and he's my CEO he's been working from home since COVID and he we're just doing amazing I'm watching the CSRs all the CSRs are working from home we started hiring CSRs across the country and it's just phenomenal to see the results of the highest caliber of person, doesn't matter where you're at, could still handle our, our stuff. And we, I love my podcast because I'm able to interview people and just get the best of every single world. And I could bring on experts of certain things and just absorb the information as I need it. And it's the unfair advantage. And luckily we've got 25,000 downloads a month. I, my goal is to get to a hundred thousand downloads a month, but, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are like, dude, you're asking the same questions that I have. And it's because we're still in the business. You know, I think a lot of people that uh, can't make it in the real world, they teach the best teachers I had when I got my master's degree decided to retire from the real world because they were so successful and pass it on to future generations, not decided I'm going to be an academic for life. And they teach out of a book that they've never even done it in the real world. So I love the fact that I speak the truth about what's really happening in today's climate, like you guys are doing on Quality Confidential. I, I started teaching, uh, I got approved by the state, and it was just enough to keep my pinky in, in, in the business, uh, meet some really interesting guys uh, and ladies, and uh, see people that were coming up that were pretty bright, pass on what I knew. I, no, I've been eclipsed with all of this stuff you're talking about now. I'm not going to teach that in class. And frankly, I don't understand it all. That's why I got Joey. He's talking about the technology. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, yeah. And some, some friend of mine told me, oh, those that can't do teach. I go, well, I did. I still look at it occasionally, but it's, it's nice to pass on some things, you know, to somebody else, you know? Oh, I, I started helping out a lot of people. And what I've learned about myself is not necessarily what I could give, but a lot of it is effective meetings, building a culture that matters, but it's my Rolodex. The people I know that do SEO, the people I know that do LSA ads, the people I know that are able to make the phone ring on social media, yeah. how to drive traffic that converts, how to understand your avatar, how to increase your production in the form of meetings and teachings to your staff and really getting the right trainers and people that start working with me, it's easy to get a company. Like I can get an HVAC company over 10 million in a year and a half. It's easy because there's a need there. They just got to learn how to make their off season, right. And get the right employees doing the right sales with the right conversion rate with the right acquisition cost of a new customer. So I look at some major metrics. I, the first thing I do is say, how much does it cost you to get a new customer? What's your conversion rate on the phone? What's your conversion rate with your guys in person? And what's the average ticket? And usually I find a lot of holes and they're not tracking that stuff. 
So I say, first, we're going to figure out how to track it. Then we're going to start increasing all of them except for the acquisition costs. We're going to cut that in half. We're going to invest in long-term SEO. We're going to invest in reputation management. We're going to teach you guys. And then after all this stuff's done, all we got to do is increase the marketing and everything flows better. And then we teach you how to do it in other markets when you're not there. And all of a sudden, they've got a machine that they could grow to tens and eventually hundreds of millions of dollars. And it makes it sound simple, but business is not that hard. You got to have the phone ringing. You got to convert those to get your guy out there to book calls. And then you need to sell it right. And if you sell it right with the right parts, you're going to do good. And I know it sounds simple, but it really isn't as hard as people make it. The problem is they don't have a will. They don't have any passion. They don't have the why they want to stay in the business. Those hard days happen and they walk away. And, um, you know, I've had the hardest days ever happen. I've had my mom walk out of me when she answered phones in 2010. And I'm like, what is going on? And, uh, you know, it's those hard times that make you stronger, I think. And they break a lot of people, but they've never broken me. And uh, that's, I think, the secret is, is enjoying what you do and being able to get through the bad times and look at those as learning opportunities. You know, Winston Churchill had a, had a saying, when you're, going, when you're going through hell, keep going. Yep. It's funny what you mentioned about having fun. And I think you hit it spot on. You're building your business for a potential sale one day and making sure that you have everything in place because you don't want to be that person that is no longer having fun. And now you have to figure out how to sell your business. You want to be like, okay, I'm done. And that's it. I'm done. Here you go. I want to sell and sell and make it be quick because I agree with you. People ask me all the time, like, the multiples in pest control got up to three times and they were like, are you going to sell? And I was like, why would I sell? I'm still having fun. I could sell, but why? I'm having a great time. Like I have a machine. Um, there are bad days, like you said, but they don't outweigh the good. And that's what it's all about. And keep putting things in place to grow. Even with COVID, it's possible. You know, when we first spoke, you were 30 million and now you're going to end the year at 50 million. That's amazing. Some would say it's unbelievable, but it's not because it's happening. And listening to you, you're dialed in and you're making it all happen with your team. And I think a lot of people just get stuck on, I can't do this all. And they're right. They need the team. And then you become the orchestra leader and you lead the show. And it sounds like you're doing that in amazing ways. Um, what are you doing differently? Well, you know, what's funny is a lot of people spend a fortune in marketing, but they spend nothing in recruiting. They spend $25 on a Craigslist ad. I like that people come to me. So I believe in social media recruiting and I give $1,500 to every employee for a referral. We paid almost $60,000 last month in referral fees. So $60,000 means that's how many people we brought on. I mean, it was nuts. And everybody's out there like a mini marketer looking for people now and asking their friends. And what I also found was share great moments and turn those into great videos. Is every time we order food, I say, everybody get on their phone. Let's go live on Facebook. Let's post on Instagram. Let's do a TikTok. Let's do some Twitter, you know, and it's crazy how much gets spread around and shared of the fun times. And they say, I want to work for that company. And then the, a lot of them leave their name and say, drop me a line if you're looking for a job. And then they refer them. And if they get hired, they make 1500 bucks. I have a guy that referred 15 people in the last six months. Uh, one of my top guys, and he's amazing because he cares. So I think it's about 
getting on all the channels, spending a good amount of money on recruiting. That means your your ads are out there. I've I, yesterday I was on the news. They came in and shot a segment that we're hiring and Amazon's hiring, in in the Phoenix market. I mean, it's spending the marketing dollars to acquire better internal customers and watch what happens to the client experience. And you should build a budget. You're, you're only gonna spend 2% of your marketing dollars on getting new people. Why not spend 20%? Have your average ticket and your conversion rate go through the roof. Top grade the heck out of your company and watch the culture of how it goes up. I think the biggest mistake is we don't spend enough time, effort or energy and money on marketing for amazing people. And recruiting means you're going out and you're always getting them. When I'm getting a haircut, if the, the gal cutting my hair is awesome, I say, we should change your career. You want to make 30 bucks an hour? That's what we could pay you. Uh, every time I see a good busboy at a restaurant with a smile who's kicking butt going out of his way to help filling up the waters, I'm like, dude, you're in the wrong business. You got to come check this company out and mention my name. Even though I don't get a referral fee, I mean, in an indirect way I do. But um, always be, people say always be closing. I say, always, always, always be recruiting. I think that's the mindset that's changed is my whole mindset over COVID has been employee, employee, stack the deck, A players, make them smile, make them happy, make them want it, make sure they're passionate. And to build that means something that not a lot of companies have, and that's the secret sauce. Yeah, we spoke about this in the past about switching towards, while maintaining your customer experience, switching towards your employee experience and making sure that, you know, the culture's there and, keeping if you if you have a happy employee you're gonna have a happy customer you bring up a good point uh, whenever whenever i'd go out in the field i'd always look at who was this and who was that and i got two really great employees that way uh wound up in managerial positions one guy wound up running the office we'd set up procedures and everything we'd meet like once maybe more than once a week but the guy was fantastic and, and I took him out of, he was the executive housekeeper in a hospital. I told him, I'll pay you what you're making here, but you can make a lot more. I'll show you how. I'll give you the same benefits and everything. And he was amazed. Pest control? I said, yeah, pest control. So I think part of, in our industry, we have to upgrade the image of pest management professional. And um, the one common denominator I found is, American dollar still speaks uh, volumes when you start to talk about it. Yeah, you know, and, and getting every single one of the employees to be an advocate. And I ask every single client customer, I say, if you know anybody looking, let us know. And a lot of my radio commercials, we say we're, we're still hiring through this whole pandemic. If you know anybody, a lot of times our customers are like, you guys are so amazing. We'd love my, my grandson or my nephew or, or my neighbor. We need to tell them about you. So Everybody we encounter out there, our vendors, our distribution centers, they know we're hiring. Shoot, I had a guy, I went and got some money from the, the metal. We get a lot of recycled metal. And I went and talked to the guy over there. He goes, hey, my, my son-in-law is looking for a job. And I told him to talk to you, Tommy. He goes, you got a card I could have him text you. Boom, he's starting in a couple of weeks. It's everywhere I go, people know, hey, look, if you know, if you, you know anybody great who's looking for a home, send them my way. And then we do the predictive index. We do a cognitive test. We do a, a spark hire video interview. Then we do another video interview. Then we do the one-on-one -on -one interview. Then they do, they come into the shop for a ride along if they're a tech or they, they shadow somebody for a whole day to see if it's something they want to do. I mean, the process, the background checks, the drug tests, the reference checks, 
We're doing all that stuff, but it's all systematized. And uh, now that it's systematized and there's people that are rifle shot, that they're responsible for it, it's like, it's so much fun. It's just flowing in like crazy. It's just, it's like, holy crap. I had a, a tech that's been with me for 10 years. He came up to me uh, two weeks ago. He said, dude, I don't know what you're doing, but the caliber of people around here is just insanely phenomenal. How are you? What are you putting in their, in their coffee? Because every one of them smiling and asking great questions. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, it's like it's getting so much stronger because it's bigger than me now. It's a living, breathing organism, and, and everybody has a reason to care. And if there's anything I can tell you in this podcast, it's just I'm having fun, and I've got an amazing team, and people are willing to take a bullet for the company now. And it's something that's never happened, and I've seen it happen in the last year, and it's just it's a special feeling that I'm really proud of, and I think the management here – has a lot to be happy for. And these employees are just, they're creating raving fans out there with everybody they meet. And it's, it's almost like business becomes easier as this starts to happen. It, it is uh, it is such a great feeling when that happens, when you're essentially no longer needed and everything is just popping like that. It, it is a great feeling. Um, you talked about employees and everything like that. So with all things COVID, employee, employee engagement, now with obvious less in-person opportunities how are you managing that you know in-person events with the team and whatnot you know that right now it's not bad we all wear masks but we have a lot of meetings people are able to join virtually um, that don't feel comfortable but for the most part all my trainees they fly out here after their apprenticeship then they be they come out here for four to six weeks uh, to phoenix and they become a junior tech and then we've got a virtual field supervisor program that's amazing to make sure we're backing them up and we got a second pair of eyes on every call. And things are just going great. We hadn't been able to do any true in-person events. And then once some of the bans were lifted, we started, um, obviously we lost some customers that were forced to shut down in the commercial industry, uh, specifically bars and restaurants. As they started to reopen, we're doing rolling happy hours for our company to, to twofold. One, to have more of an employee engagement and build the camaraderie. And two, give back to those restaurants and bars that maintained our service during the pandemic, even though they were unable to be open. Um, and it's been working out good. It, it, you know, you, you, it's funny because you see more people more engaged. So the team members like hugging each other to a certain, not everybody, but some people like, man, I haven't seen you in so long. Um, it just, and obviously in New York City specifically, it's been way different than the rest of the world. I mean, Jesus, we don't even have indoor dining yet. But um, yeah, you guys are a little bit of the extreme. I mean, I'm not saying Phoenix did it perfect, but right now, uh, you know, things are working for us. Things are um, things are things are going right, and you could just see. I think here in the next couple of months, you're going to watch this whole thing kind of die. And we're, we, we've staged ourselves in a spot that we're going to continue to sprint. I'm not going to, I think the best hiring opportunity is still the next one to come. It's when all the, uh, the, the grants and all the money's taken away for uh, unemployment and no one's getting relief on their, their home for their pay or their rent. When all that comes to a head, you're going to watch great people that got to spend some time at home and are refreshed, come back to work. And, and I don't think, necessarily everyone's evil because they're spending time with their family through this and they don't feel comfortable going out. I mean, that's not my place to say, but I know 
the people that I'm hiring now that could take unemployment, they're aces in the hole. They're like, they're amazing people saying, I don't want to sit at home. I'm ready to work. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, my father talks a lot about turning uh, adversity into advantage. I think specifically for home service and really any service industry because of the hours and the level of work that needs to be done, we're going to have a very unique opportunity with all these big box stores cutting back and shutting down. If you think about the Century 21s, the Lord and Taylors, Macy's scaling back, all of these retail operations scaling back is a great opportunity for you and I, because here you have people that work shit hours. They work every holiday and they're going to be out of work. And by the way, most of them got paid shit money. So for us, this is going to bring thousands of applicants, thousands across the country that have never been treated well and got, they're like the worst, never been treated well, never been paid well. And here we are going to be able to do all of it and they will end up being lifetime employees, I believe. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's never been a better time. I know you guys got a super niche and I love your business that you got the canines. I think the biggest mistake I see out there is you got someone doing some Home Depot work, some property management work. You got them doing some home warranty work. You got them doing residential. You got them doing commercial. You got them doing a little bit of electrical, a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of HVAC, a little bit of pest control. And I will say, focusing your time, energy, and effort into one major thing and watch. That's the main thing. So I'd like you guys to talk about that a little bit. And then. So we have the canine division and we have, obviously I'm overseeing everything, but for the canine division, we have a manager that's, that's his only job is managing the canine team. Um, we are not heavy in residential. That is changing. And we realized that a commercial service technician and a commercial manager cannot be this, the residential service manager or technician because like you're basically saying, they, they're specific jobs and specific roles. And we couldn't agree more. Gen Pest is still Gen Pest. In, in, it'd be nice to just have somebody that does ants or roaches, um, but that's still gonna stay the same. But we do have bed bug specialists, um, bird specialists. We even have a heat team that we sub out to that only does heating. So it is ex exactly what you're saying. We, we are working more towards specialized uh, team members and we're always gonna have those utility people, if you will, that can run the full gamut. But yeah, we are doing that and the canines, like you said, is something that is relatively separate. Love it, that's great. And, and we're using the canine piece because it's one of the easier pieces to get started in trying to branch out throughout the country. Yeah, you guys are doing great. It's nice to see, you know, other industries. That's what it's all about is hanging out with successful other companies, bouncing ideas off each other like we're doing today. And just, you know, I like, I like to dominate every marketing source from Google. They got four algorithms. Um, they got the LSA ads, the Google guarantee. They got the uh, GMB with the, hours and ratings they got the uh organic and then they got the pay-per-click and i dominate all four of those i love social media i love the new social media coming out i love pinterest i love house i love TikTok. i mean it's crazy the stuff that's coming out but we're a part of everything i've got data scientists working on mailings and when to mail why to mail uh, i just want to win at everything and by talking to companies like yours 
and learning about other industries, it gives us the ultimate advantage. And one thing I'll say is leaders are readers. I think it's important to read or listen in an audible. So yeah, man, I, I enjoyed this and uh, I enjoy marketing and sales. And I just, I, if anybody ever wants to come visit, come see the operation here in Phoenix. I'd love if you guys came out, come check that out, see what you guys' thoughts are. Maybe when it's a little cooler out there, um, you know, it starts to become perfect weather next month here for the next six or seven months. So yeah, you guys should definitely come take the time and, and just come shoot the, shoot the shit with us out here in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Thank you for that invitation. My brother actually lives out there and my director, the canine manager, he was living out there, but obviously he's in New York now, but that, that is, uh, I'd love to do that. I would be remiss if I didn't mention how we met or were introduced from our good friend, Lorne Sederoff from Search Kings. Um, so just a special thank you to him for putting us in touch because I, I definitely learned a lot from speaking with you. And uh, I will, and I'll try and pull my father out there, all things travel-wise considered, come out there to pay a visit and maybe stop in and beat my brother up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree, Lorne's the man. They, they guys, those guys in Canada, they do an amazing job. They're not out there taking a percentage of your spend, they're out there trying to do the best thing for the companies they work with. So Lauren's an amazing guy, always keeping me ahead of the game and uh, can't thank him enough. So we appreciate that, Lauren. All right. So once again, Joey Buns, Tommy Confidential. I just want to, uh, we had a great interview just now with Tommy Mello from the a Home Service Expert Podcast and A1 Garage Door, crushing it. Um, thank you again, Tommy. Hey, thank you guys very, very much. I really appreciate it today. Have fun. It's America, all the ships at sea. And she and for Colony Confidential. Just wrapping up an interview that was fantastic with Tommy Mello. Tommy, I want to thank you again. And until we meet again, God bless you all. <laughs>